Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Third Banner Pod. I am your host today, Kyle, um, also known by some on the internet interwebs as the Third Banner. I am joined by Ty Elliott, Life of Ty, and Patrick Kelly, also known on the interwebs <laughs> as Pat That Ass. <laughs> mm, that's I right. I can't say that my name stacks up to that one. But it's good to see you gentlemen tonight. We are doing a our first Friday night pod episode. And it's, you know, you're supposed to do Wednesday night at nine like we usually do. But we had some things coming up at the last second. But we're here. We made it on. And how are you gentlemen doing? I'm good, man. Closer to game day. Looking forward to uh, the BC game tomorrow. Taking my uh, three-year-old to his first Cardinal football game tomorrow, so that awesome. that'll be a big milestone. That's a big milestone. Um, I'm crossing my fingers he makes it through the whole thing. He's made it through a whole professional baseball game, so I think he should be good at a college football game. But Well, he's already better than me. I can't make it through a professional baseball game without falling oh, dude, yeah. No <laughs> way I could do that. Trent. Already coming in with the horrible takes, hearing that Evan Conley has <laughs> taken on first. Trent, it's, Trent, it's too early in the show for this, man. Good old trolling Trent. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, hey, we do play Boston College this weekend. Uh, home game, louder than life's going on, so I know that some people will be tied up in that. I'm hoping for a decent crowd. we got great weather. This is the one of the two games I will not be able to be at, so – I hope we do show out, but I can't speak. I mean, I've got my daughter, and she's just too young. She's not quite – Patrick, she's not quite three yet, so she's not quite where yours is, and I don't think she would make it very well. But I'm looking forward to watching, and I think it's going to be another game, just like the other ones. that. And I've been right so far. They've been close games so far. Uh, and I think this is going to be another one, believe it or not. And I know that the, the whole thing with the Holy Cross game, but – uh, hey, Nick, how's it going? Good to see you in here. Uh, I think I think they're starting to find their groove. Them playing FSU as well as they did, I mean, they were an extra point away from putting that into overtime. I, I'm a bit worried about uh, Tom, uh, Thomas Castellanos. I don't know if you all know much about him or have watched much of him. He he gives me Pat White vibes. Yeah. Uh, Pat White oh, from West man. Virginia. And I'm not saying he'll end up being that good for his career, but he does. When I watch him play, he reminds me of Pat White. He is a dual threat guy, the total definition of a dual threat guy. He's electrifying. He's he's very fast, but he can throw the football, and he can throw it far, and he can throw it accurately far at times. His accuracy is something he's still working on. Don't get me wrong. It's not that he's like, but he. I'll tell you what, if we go out there in that 4-2-5 and we don't bring any pressure, he's going to kill us. Yeah. I'm calling that right now. If we go out there against this guy uh, with his electrifying speed and his arm strength and we don't bring any pressure, we're in trouble, boys. I'm putting that on the record right now. I don't think we win this game without bringing pressure. Yeah, we're going to have to get to him and get him out of the pocket and but contain him also. I mean, you look – I'm one of those people, you know, that you get into college football season – and I'm not saying you can't uh, take some stock into the first couple weeks, 
But I also think, you know, the first couple of weeks of the season, teams are figuring out who they got. They're, they're looking to try to figure out their rotations and stuff. And so, you know, that might have been why Boston College struggled. I'm not saying they're super talented. But when you hang with Florida State, who I think is super talented, um, you, you've got a decent football team and, and you can beat anybody. Mm-hmm. And as you said, man, the, the, the quarterback, Castellanos, he, I mean, you look at his stats, 305 passing yards on about 60% completions last week, almost had 100 rushing yards, touchdown throwing, touchdown rushing. That's, uh, you know, that's Lamar Jackson light right there. That's Pat White, as you said. You know, that, that's a guy you're, you're not worried about just throwing the football, but he can take off at any time. And, and when you can take off at any time and you're that good of a passer, it, it, you can also create plays with your legs and your arms at the same time. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough game. And I, I think containing him, but also pressuring him into quick decisions is going to be a key. Yeah. Nick kind of made the point for me before you say something, Ty, he just said, got a zone, a young runner, but, but you can't let him sit back there untouched, need to put him in a position to make mistakes. That's what it is. And I felt like we failed last week against Indiana. They had the same thing. Now, their quarterback was not nearly as – he's athletic. Uh, Tavon Jackson's an athletic guy. He is not mm-hmm. on this level of athleticism. He's not. And he was allowed to sit back there all day and just pick us apart in the second half. And We cannot have that. These young guys who are still getting their footing – we got to put a guy like Castellanos in a position to where he, you know, if I'm saying his name wrong, I apologize, but uh, I'm pr- that's how I've heard it pronounced. So that's how I say it. But if we let him sit back there, he's going to kill us. He's going to kill us with that athleticism and that arm strain. And go ahead, Ty. Well, it just seems like over the last few years, like we've, it's just weird. Boston College has always kind of given us fits for some reason, um, even back to the Satterfield era, but. Um, I noticed that the spread is even 13 Lamar. and a half. I mean, even Lamar, the I didn't they beat us Lamar's final mm-hmm. year? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. we struggle sometimes with BC. I don't I don't quite get it, but the spread's 13 and a half. I mean, do you think that's coverable, guys, or no? I think in order for us to cover, it's gonna it's going to depend on bringing pressure on defense, putting him in a position <laughs> to create turnovers. And then our offense, I think we're going to have to rely again heavily on the run to open up the pass, and I think that's just going to be a theme that we notice. I expect them to pressure the hell out of Jack Plummer. The PFF's metrics are out. Jack Plummer is one of the worst quarterbacks under pressure. And, I mean, we noticed that. We saw it in the second half with the IU game in particular. When they brought pressure, mm-hmm. you know, he got happy feet. And, I mean, he did – now, at towards the end of the game, he certainly was able to scramble and get a couple of key – he plays for us, so I'm not discounting that. But as far as his accuracy throwing, he had some key drops against IU. We talked about that, Ty. He had several key drops. So that that was a problem. But then you also look at some of the some of the times he's pressured, and that was his most inaccurate passes and inaccurate decisions. And you know, the secret's out on that. Every everybody's going to see that. And I totally expect Boston College to ramp up that pressure. So we need quick decisions. We need him to hang in there and take hit sometimes. I know it's hard, but you know, you you look at the best quarterbacks, they take that hit. 
and they and they get the ball out. And you know, you're gonna take some hits. So, you know, and then you get burned. That's the thing. They'll quit doing it if you if you can take that hit and burn them on a blitz a couple of times, you're not going to see it as much. But if you get happy feet, run right into the blitz because you're panicking or throw an erratic pass out of bounds for an intentional grounding instead of throwing it away like Ty talked about <laughs> last episode, you're going to get in trouble, and then mm-hmm. they're going to bring even more pressure. Well, yeah. and, and also another part I'd like to see, and you know, you guys know that I'm possibly the biggest Jeff Brom lover here, but I'd like to see him call more stuff that gives that puts Jack in a comfortable position too, right? Like at this point, we know that Jack is fairly comfortable throwing, you know, quick slants, quick outs, things of that nature. Um, I would like to see him try early on, get him, get him some momentum, get him some of that quick game, quick passing game stuff, um, you know, and build build the run up with Jawar and uh, and Turner and Garendo. Um, offensively, we can't, we cannot come out like we did in the second half against IU. That that's not going to win you any games. Right. Um, so we need to. I'd like to see, the, you know, early on the first drive, some quick hitters, uh, get the ball downfield, start off on the right foot, and continue. I, that's what I want to see. It, it feels good to be three and zero, but there's definitely been some struggles here and there. Um, there's definitely plenty to work on. I'd like to see the consistency and and to actually finish a full game. I'd like to see that this Saturday. Another key matchup, I think, uh, for Boston College and Louisville is going to be Jamari Thrash versus their cornerback Elijah Jones. He's their best cornerback. I have I saw. Uh, any, does anybody want to take a guess what Keon Coleman for Florida State? How many receptions and yards he had last week versus Elijah Jones? And period. And Elijah Jones covered him the whole game, by the way. I know Keon Coleman's a good receiver, so I I, I wouldn't even know. He had zero receptions. Oh, wow. Now, ask me how many targets he had. He had zero targets. He didn't get targeted. That's hmm. crazy. That's, that's shut down right there. Shut down corner. And, I mean, Elijah – now, the thing is, Elijah Jones isn't known as a burner. He's not. He's more of a, phys- more of a physical guy. So Jamari, I don't know how you know you know he's going to be tested physically. He's not a very big guy, obviously. Uh, speed wise, Jamari's got him there, but so did Keon Coleman. So I don't know. So that's something to watch. And this is where our Coleman, I think, needs to really step up in this game. He did not have a great game. Uh, let's face it, he didn't have a good game at all against IU. No disrespect, yeah. he just did not. He he did not have a good game. We need him to step up because. You know, Jamari, I, I I think Jamari Thrash really is that dude, but he's going to be tested against Elijah Jones. So mm-hmm. you're going to have to have some other guys step up. I'd like to see a little more Chris Bell. We saw some flashes against Georgia Tech, and I haven't seen much since then. I want to see Chris Bell step up. I want to see Kevin Coleman have a good game, take some of that pressure off our number one receiver. And then, of course, the run game, just keep doing what you're doing, I hope. And I think we'll yeah. be fine on offense if we can do that. And handle the blitz because it's coming. I'm I'm predicting that now. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you know to to these points, you know, we need to see. I mean, and this might be a good opportunity. What we need to see what our other receivers can do when our number one option is sh- shut down because that hasn't happened yet. Jamari's been the go-to guy and he's delivered for the most part. He's had a couple drops here and there, but. 
crunch time and the first downs, big long gains. That, that's Jamari Thrash, and we haven't had much out of that, of you know, out of our other receivers, and we haven't had to. So, what can this team do, and, and which receivers step up uh, when there is that shutdown corner that can stop our number one guy? So, I think. You know, hopefully, like you said, you see uh, you see Huggins, Bruce, you see Coleman, you see uh, um, Bell, Cal- um, Callaway, 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 and Thompson. Yeah. Thompson's now back, so um, so yeah, I think I think that's key. I think you know the I, I thought you know, and, and and people know in Discord, I'm I'm more of a plumber hater, but I think last week Critic. he showed me a lot. <laughs> um, I think there was, you know, there was some times where, and this has been the problem through the first three weeks where his clock is sped up. He, he doesn't use the pocket. Well, he bails the pocket pretty quickly instead of moving around the pocket, stepping up in the pocket. He can't always step up in the pocket because that's where the pressure is coming, but that's when you take the hit. Yeah. Using the pocket and taking those hits every so often is much better than him rolling out to throw because he has not been very successful at that. Yeah, let me elaborate. When I say take the hit, I don't mean every single time he's standing there like a statue. But there are times where you just need an extra half second and you've got your guy, but you've got to take that half second. Football is such a fast game, especially Mm -hmm. when you're getting blitzed. And it's easier said than done, obviously. But he's our starting quarterback. He has a lot of experience, and he's the guy. So he's got to figure that out. Um, yeah, he's been I, a really good quarterback in the pocket, though. When he stays in there, he's been accurate. Absolutely, you know. And, and he showed and, he, and he showed me something. Well. He showed me something the first half against IU. He was able to make some throws. I saw him make them at Purdue, and then when he the first two games. I just kind of thought, well, I guess he just can't make that throw anymore. Not on time, not down the field far enough. He made those throws Saturday in the first half. He made them. We so need first half Jack Plummer. We need first tomorrow. half Jack Plummer. We, we a lot need more. that. Yes. And we need him to be more consistent. No, not perfect. I know some I know people have said in the past, no, but but you do need to be more consistent. So so that's a key. But I'm really, really the biggest key to me is our defense against this quarterback. He's inexperienced, but he has a lot. Of, he, he, I'm, I'm telling you, you got, this guy's entertaining. You know, yeah. when, when you think of Boston College, last couple of years, I mean, they had Zay Flower. He's a beast, and now he's killing it up at Baltimore for Lamar. Mm-hmm. He was entertaining. But before that, it, Boston College was such a – even when they gave us trouble, they were just one of those teams that kind of remind me of Pitt, just kind of like a – Physical, knock him down, drag him out game. I think this is going to be a very electrifying kid. He's going to be entertaining. Unfortunately, it's going to come at the expense of our defense if we don't bring that pressure. I also think there's opportunity there to get him a little bit rattled, make him think a little quicker than he wants. But And that's the key. And I'm just – I'm really skeptical that we're going to do it. I'm just – I know I heard we were going to bring more pressure in the offseason – and I told some of you guys, I said, it kind of reminds me of every offseason, Chris Max said he was going to speed up the offense. And it, we just got slower every year. I saw Ron English, at, well, obviously he was here under Cragthorpe, but I saw him at Purdue. He did not bring pressure. He did not bring extra. 
And a lot of it's a scheme, the four-two-five, because it's like, where are you going to bring that pressure from? You got to bring it from the outside, because you, you really you bring a pressure from in the middle. You're bringing one of your two linebackers. That's that's kind of like an issue at times, but it really leaves you vulnerable against a, a kid like this, who you can take advantage of as inexperienced. Make him make quick decisions. Otherwise, he's going to kill you. So that's yeah. the key of the game to me. How much pressure are we going to bring? And if we don't bring it, we're in trouble. I'm, I'm telling you right now. Well, that just – it amazes me you go from – I mean, we were first in the country in sacks last year. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, and what do we have so far this year? One sack? You one sack, games? to my knowledge. And, and, and listen, the, the personnel, we lost a lot of good personnel there. Yaya and Yazir are, are – those are pro – pass rushers right mm-hmm. there but you can't go from number one in the country to one sack um and, and a lot of it that tells me yes you've lost some players but the scheme is not there to produce quarterback pressure yeah and i think ashton you know you watched the game last week and and ashton can get in the backfield but he seems to overrun the quarterback and slip and fall when he gets around the quarterback. Um, and some of that's luck and, and, and just, you know, bad timing and stuff, and, and that'll get fixed. But we just don't seem to have that dominant guy that's, that's going to get to the QB. Um, and that's a, that's a concern because I said scheme earlier, but if you, regardless of scheme, if you don't have a guy that's going to, put pressure on the QB, you're going to have a hard time getting the QB to well, the you, ground. So. You said it right there, the scheme. Like, if you don't have that dominant pass rusher, which I don't think we do, Ashton can rush, but he's not a dominant pass rusher. Um, you have to scheme it. You have to scheme it in somehow. You have to, you know, dial up pressures that you don't normally call. You have to keep them guessing. Mm-hmm. And we just haven't seen that yet. Now, <clears throat> again, you know, I know in Discord and, and the fans – Say what you want about Ron English's defense. To this point, it hasn't always been pretty, but to this point, it's worked. It's it's done what it's needed to do. I mean, we held IU to 14 points, but I, I do agree with you guys. I want to see more pressure. I want to see more blitzing. Um, it just – you have to – but, yeah, with, with with no dominant pass rush and losing those guys like Yaya and Yasir, you got to find a way to scheme it in. And whether that be sending, you know, um, sending safeties or, you know, Ben Perry or something like that every once in a while, just find a way to get to make those calls and dial up some more blitz plays. Yeah. Yeah. So with that being said, guys, I'm going to go ahead and get into predictions. Ty, I'll just go ahead and start with you. What do you what do you predict final score? And then what do you predict as far as the flow of the game? And none of my predictions have been, uh, other than the result, the end result. They're just they're all over the place. I I th- I think we can come out and cover the spread. I really do. I'm not I'm not buying into BC being all that great. I think Florida State, uh, possibly looking ahead last week to Clemson. Uh, that could, that I think that kind of explains a lot of it. I'm not buying into BC being a real threat here. Uh, if I had to guess, I think we win 38-14. Patrick, what do you think? All right, so I'm going to preface this by going back to, to last week. Um, 
and, and assuming that we're going to come out with a killer instinct and attitude, both from the coaches and the players. You know, I thought the turning point of last week's game, that kind of set the tone for the second half, was taking the knee at the end of the first half. And I'm not saying that we would have definitely scored. We probably didn't have much of a chance to score, but taking that knee kind of put in that mindset of, hey, guys, we, we, you know, we're, we're fine. We got this. And, and, and it, it kind of didn't have that killer touch that I expect from a Jeff Brom offense. And I think it set the tone for the second half. I think Jeff's going to say, screw all that this week. He's going to have that killer instinct the whole time. That's going to bleed over to the team. And I think we're going to put up a lot of points. I think Boston College is going to put up some points too. But I'm thinking something like 45-28 is my score. Okay. So, and I'm assuming Louisville, right? Yes, yeah. Okay, okay. So, here's here's how I think it's going to go down. I am basing this off of, admittedly, a little bit more hope than than rationality. I am hoping our defense brings more pressure. I am skeptical we will because it's just not a running staple. He does everything he can not to do that. But I also am hoping, kind of like how we did last year under Satterfield, we got to a point where you know, Brian Brown was never going to bring the pressure and he was never going to play tight coverage. He was always going to play five to 10 or 10 yards off on the receivers. And he was always going to rush three to four guys. And that was it. And then we hear Scott Satterfield took over, was, was observing the defense more and making some changes. Next thing you know, we play Wake Forest and we bring the house and Sam Hartman played the worst game of his career. Now I'm not saying we're going to, bring that much heat, but I am hoping, I'm hoping that we just don't let a loss, don't let it take a loss for you to adjust your defense and bring more pressure is what I'm hoping. Let it be that we're three and O it's an ugly three and O, but it's three and O and it could easily be two and one. It could easily be one and two. So we're very thankful it's three and O, but learn from winning. Don't let it take a loss to finally figure out, oh, hey, maybe we need to bring some heat. So based on that, I'm hoping we bring more heat. I do still think they're going to have some big plays. Boston College is known for big plays. Even, even in their struggles, they were known for big plays. What's hurt Boston College is penalties. They are the most penalized team in the country. So I'm hopeful they commit some dumb penalties. I'm hopeful that continues. I'm hopeful we bring enough heat to make him – make the quarterback second guess himself and, and have a couple of turnovers. And I'm hoping that we are ready for the blitz and that we bring the strong running game. We've had some other receivers step up. I've got Louisville winning this one and actually covering 38 to 24. So far I've been right on with all my predictions. So I hope that continues because this would be a good win beating Boston College 38-24. to I think their record's a bit deceiving. I think they started that game against Northern Illinois off on the wrong foot, and I think they've made some adjustments since then. I think they're a better team. But I do think this is a game we start to see a little bit more. We need a game where we put it all together for four quarters. Mm -hmm. We have not seen it yet. 
We've not seen it in the Jeff Brom era. Not counting Murray State. It's hard to know. With the, I'm talking about against the two Power Five teams we played. We've had our moments where we looked amazing, and we've had our moments where nothing went right. So we need a consistently good game, and I think this is going to be the one. 38 to 24. I like it. All right. I think we, had, we all had us covering. Yeah. Yeah. Mac Rose says he's scouting NC State versus Virginia tonight. NC State's going to be a that's going to be a tough one at their place, and it's right before Notre Dame, so we better be ready for that. But let's just take care of business tomorrow. Uh, Mac Rose also says we need to blow out BC by at least twenty-one to make a statement. Well, that would be great. Uh, I'll just I'll take I'll take a W. But yeah, the the more the more points, the merrier. And that being said, it would be great if we could blow them out in front of our big visit, our big recruits that are visiting this weekend. So we need to get into that a little bit. We've got a lot of guys coming to visit, some 2024 guys uncommitted. We got 2025 guys in there. We got some of our committed guys coming in. So, so some of the big names uh, I've seen, Tavion Galloway is a 2024 tight end. He's a four-star tight end. I think he would be incredible to pair with uh, Dylan Mesmer. Is it Mesmer or Mesman? I get the names. Mesman. Mesmer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's so many names. I admittedly sometimes cross names with each other. So him and Dylan Dylan Mesman, two four-star tight ends with a lot of talent. Thing I noticed about Tavion Galloway, we're not going to do his highlights because YouTube's on to us finally. They finally caught on their game. The, the feds are on us, boys. The feds are on us. They're watching. They're on us. And they they will black out our screen the moment we put that up. So, or at least I assume they would. But what I noticed for Galloway is, first off, he's he's a pretty good defensive lineman. He's he's a pretty good defensive end. He plays tight end and defensive end, yeah. so he, he's pretty good at rushing a pass, or at least he has his moments. But as a tight end, which is what I believe we're recruiting him as, you know, he 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 has a very he has a good uh, arm span, wingspan, I should say. He's able to get up, get the high ball, catch it at a high point. Kind of remind me a little bit of Cole Hikatini in that way. He he's a solid blocker, which you definitely need, especially out of the tight end position. Mm-hmm. But his athleticism shows through as as a defensive end as well, his ability to get off the snap and to rush a quarterback. So I was impressed. Mm-hmm. He would be an excellent addition. He's a guy who I think I'm looking at two guys, and maybe I'm wrong here, but but I feel like our track record's been pretty good about the guys we keep an eye on. Um, I'm looking at him, and I'm looking at that 2025 cornerback, uh, Tarian. What's his last name? I don't Grant. know. Grant. Tarian Grant. Yes, Grant. Tarian Grant is a four-star, six-foot-three, top 100 player currently rated in 2025. This is his fourth visit to campus, so that's a big. I mean, especially to be that far out and already have visited four times. I think that's a big deal. And I know Mar- yeah. Macro, I see about the 300-pound defensive tackle, as you say, every time <laughs> we talk we, about recruits. Wouldn't we I'm all, with Macro. you, man. Everybody wants a 300-pound defensive tackle, just like everyone wants Margot Robbie. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's a reason why she's Margot Robbie. It's right. hard to find those. <laughs> so another guy, another guy that's here right now on campus I want to talk about, 
is Deuce Adams. Now, obviously, Deuce Adams is committed, but I want to talk about Deuce a little bit. I think Deuce Adams is going to compete next year for the starting quarterback position. And I know he's a true freshman. I know people think that there's no way a true freshman can come in and compete and be a quarterback. And I don't understand why, because we've got two or three rookie NFL quarterbacks that started week one in the NFL. So it can happen. And that's a much tougher place to crack. I'm not saying he will be the starter next year. Pierce is fierce. There's no doubt. Pierce is fierce. He's competitive. He has the he has the pedigree, and it could very well be him. It could also be one of these guys that we brought in that has a lot of potential, and they just haven't lived up to it, like a Brady Allen, a Harrison Bailey. It could be. But I haven't seen anything from those two yet that, that makes me think they're definitely going to be the guy. I think there's a window is what I'm saying. I think there's a window unless we bring in some stud portal quarterback next year. I think there's a window for Deuce Adams to be the starting quarterback next year. Let me go over some of his stats this year, right now. As of right now, he has not played in every game, mind you, or every quarter of every game, mind you. One game he left at halftime. The other games, he usually doesn't play in a fourth quarter at all. He is 59 out of 90, which I believe 74% passing. 910 yards, nine touchdowns, zero interceptions, and four rushing touchdowns. So he has a total of 13 touchdowns, no interceptions. Now, where does that put him for his career, touchdown-interception ratio? It's my understanding he has 56 touchdowns and seven interceptions <laughs> in his career. 56 to seven. So I know it's ratio. high school. I know it's high school. But something you also should know about Deuce Adams is – he played at a lower level until this year. So he wasn't as well known. His name wasn't out there as much. And I think that's why he flew under the radar. Now on a third banner pot, as soon as we heard the name Deuce Adams and as soon as we watched video, mm-hmm. we were like, this dude, this dude's got it. He's got it. Now he, here's what I think about Deuce. Deuce can feel the pocket like no other, I feel like. Like, it's uncanny how he can feel pressure in the pocket and move within the pocket and keep his head up. He doesn't lower his head. He's still looking downfield. He's still looking to pass. That's something a lot of people cannot do in high school or, I mean, in college, and they struggle with it a lot of times even in NFL. Now, I know the NFL is a lot faster, but it's it's very hard to learn that. And so to see a kid who's 17, 18 years old, whichever he is, already have that ability, it's incredible. His arm strength, that's something I've been watching. I feel like I've already – that's one of the things he wanted to improve. He said on this podcast that he mm-hmm. wanted to improve his arm strength. I've already noticed it in the footage that I've watched of him. I've already noticed that his arm strength has improved, and he's making throws – that that that'll get it done at the next level for sure. Yeah. Uh, something else that's really cool about Deuce is I didn't realize. Now I first started watching football in 1995. I was eight years old, and my second favorite college football team was Texas. And I've talked with Deuce's father on Twitter. He's messaged me just about highlights and hey, I'm just letting you know what Deuce is doing. He's also had some compares, uh, guy, players that he compares Deuce's game to. He wanted to send that to me just to kind of give me some information about his son. 
I didn't realize the entire time I was talking to his dad. His dad is the Mike Adams that played for Texas, and he he was a starting receiver for Texas in the mid nineties. And was was an incredible player. Incredible. I mean, he's one of the all time best football players for Texas Longhorns. And here Deuce is in Austin, finally moving up to 6A. He's in the highest level and arguably the highest highest level competition as far as states go. He's in Texas, 6A football, and he's crushing it. He's absolutely killing it right now. And his dad, here's how humble his dad is. I never read pin tweets. I just, I don't know. It's like in my brain when I, when I go to somebody's Twitter, I just, I go right past their pin tweets because usually mm-hmm. they're old, they're outdated, whatever. So I didn't even notice his like he he got admitted inducted into the Texas Hall of Fame or whatever. And I I I I would go right past that. Everything on Mike Adams' Twitter is about Deuce. Everything. There's nothing about you know, he could make it all about himself and putting his old highlights on there. He is pushing so hard. And it's 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 awesome to see a father who is that invested in what his son's mm-hmm. doing and backing them. And for somebody like Deuce, that's got to be quite an asset to have somebody that's not only played college football at a very prestigious school, but played at the highest level. I believe, if I remember right, Mike Adams, the reason his NFL career didn't turn out, I think like within his first couple of years in the NFL, if not his rookie season, I think he blew his knee out and he never fully recovered. But I could be wrong on that little detail. I could be wrong on that one. No, that's right. Is that correct? Yeah. He got, yeah. He got picked in the seventh round by Pittsburgh and blew out his knee um, at the end of the really, season. Yeah. See, you've got, you've got the research behind you. I, I just remember that based on, like, I was a fan of Mike Adams. So it's funny. I'm tweeting. Mike Adams is a very common name. So when I'm, when this guy and me are, we're, we're DMing each other back and forth about dues, I have no idea I'm talking to Mike Adams that played at Texas. And it just kind of makes things wild. Deuce flew under the radar. Now he's in Texas's backyard, and he's coming to Louisville. He's coming to Louisville. And I'm telling you guys, I'm mark it down. Deuce Adams is going to compete, and he has a chance to be our starter next year. And that's not to say he will be, and that's not to put undue pressure on the kid. I'm just saying he has the ability, and he has a skill set Nobody else has that I see. Yeah, he, I mean, just to, this isn't a Mike Adams pod, but I was looking him up as you were talking and, and, and some stuff to mention about how impressive his career was. He was now, of course, Texas was in the all Southwest conference before they were in the big 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and between those two conferences, he was, uh, first team uh three times and and in the south all southwest and then third team the year he was in the big 12 and he graduated as texas's all-time leading receiver in yards receptions touchdown receptions all per and all purpose yards and he according to Wikipedia, returner too. I remember him being dangerous as a kick returner. Yeah. I feel like maybe I misremember him, but I feel like I remember him return. I watched a lot of Texas back then. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he averaged 17.2 yards per touch during his time on campus. Wow. And according to Wikipedia, which isn't always correct, currently the only Texas players with more all purpose yards 
than him were Ricky Williams and Cedric Benson. So wow, two, two beasts. Yeah, hell of a, a hell of a college football player for sure. Yeah. If we ever get Deuce back on his pod, which I mean, I'm hoping we do. Oh, uh, we will. He, he's a we busy will. guy, and he right now he's on campus, obviously. But I'm gonna ask him. I'm like, man, when did you know you were a quarterback? Because I know his brother plays receiver. Obviously, his father was a great receiver. When did he know, like, hey, quarterback's my calling? And I, I mean, I think it's the correct. Obviously, I think it's the correct position. But I, I'm just curious, like, when he knew, like, hey, you know, I'm not gonna be a receiver. I'm gonna go be a quarterback. He's got he, the skills for sure. He definitely made the right decision to play quarterback. And like you said, Kyle, he just has a skill set that a lot of the guys on the current roster don't have. Like, uh, maybe Pierce, maybe Pierce has kind of like the uh, the off platform throws that I know Deuce can make. I've made a big deal about it. I've said it before. Um, it's kind of the new age quarterback, like what what you can do on your feet uh, when when the play is kind of breaking down. Um, you know, different arm angles. It's just off-platform stuff. Deuce can do that at a high level already in high school, and it's, he's just going to continue to improve and get better. Um, I think he can come in and compete. I think it's going to be a tall order. There's a lot of talent in that quarterback room, a lot of it unproven, but there's a lot of talent. Um, he'll have to battle with Pierce. I think Brady Allen will take another step forward. Uh, Harrison Bailey has some experience playing and, and he was a very talented guy coming out of high school as well. So it'll be a tall order, but I definitely think Deuce has the ability to compete and, and, and who knows, maybe he can be the starting guy. You never know. Yeah. yeah well, and I think that that competition is key. Yes. I mean, what, what you saw with, you know, we make fun of the, the Satterfield quarterback room all the time, but I mean, it was loaded, loaded quarterback room, you know, the Cunningham, I, Cunningham gets a lot of hate. I thought he was a fine college quarterback, but I don't think he ever had. I don't want to say the motivation. The kid was motivated, but when Nobody you don't have him. competition, there was it's never hard to get better. Him that was a threat. Never. It's hard to get better when you don't have somebody breathing down your neck. That, that's it. That's it right there. And yeah, my thing. I guess my main point on Deuce too. Uh, I'm not proclaiming he will be the starter next year by any stretch. All I'm saying is look out for this kid. I think he's got the potential. And I think he's, I think you guys, like people that may not know a whole lot about him, or maybe they just, I don't know, maybe, maybe they, they see the rankings, which uh, he is starting to increase in the rankings. He's starting to go up, which, by the way, if he keeps dominating the 6A Texas football the way he has, he's going to shoot up. Uh, and then, you know, maybe Texas does try to get involved. I don't I'm, even think about it, Texas. Don't even think about it. I'm I, I'm confident he'll stick with us. You never know, but uh, you never know what people are going to do, and that's that's for them to decide. But I'm just saying, I think he has the potential. I think he has a really good and just look out for him is all I'm saying. Look out for Deuce next year. Obviously, Pierce. Pierce has got uh, thing about Pierce. I like is his. He can make a th- he can make su- he can step take two steps back and sling it, and that ball is out. Like his ability to get rid of the ball quickly really impresses me. Mm-hmm. It was interesting the little bit of time he played against Murray State. All the other quarterbacks ran the same offense, and then when Pierce came in, he ran more of the read option, a lot mm-hmm. more of that. I didn't even know Jeff Brom even did much read option at all. And then when he got Pierce in there, that's that's all they did. 
for, for the most part. Uh, so that was interesting to see. That's a wrinkle that the other guys didn't seem. So, so all these guys had their unique little quirks and characteristics. I expect next year's quarterback competition to be entertaining at the very least. And who knows? They might even bring a, another. I don't know if they'll bring another grad transfer in or not. But. It's definitely possible. I mean, we, you know, it's way too early to even think about that right now. But um, Je- Jeff Brom's the portal king. He can go out and go get a quarterback if he wants. And, I, you know, it's funny you mentioned, like, what in the Murray State game what Pierce ran. And I know this is a very, very small sample size. But Brady Allen, I thought, had, like, one of the prettiest throws of the night. And it was just a really simple, like, curl route. It was I think it was about the only throw Brady threw. Yeah. Um, but it was it was gorgeous. He has a great stroke. Um I, it's they they all have different different abilities, different traits. Um, I think Deuce's natural passing ability kind of lines up more with Brady's. And mm-hmm. next year the the quarterback battle will be fun between you know Brady, Pierce, Deuce, and and Harrison Bailey. I think that's going to be really fun to watch. Yeah, Deuce also yeah. I forgot to mention he has four rushing touchdowns <clears throat> on the year. He is not, and he's he made it clear on his pod too. He said, "Hey, I'm a pass first quarterback," but. He's a guy, he's not a guy who, who runs that can occasionally throw. He's a guy who throws it really well that, that can run if needed and can create with his with his legs. I kind of I'm I'm more partial. Obviously, since you're the quarterback, you need to be able to pass the ball. I'm more partial to the latter. I mean, you can make it work with a quarterback who's known to be run first. I won't say Lamar. People say that and I'm more in the NFL, he kind of is but he's becoming more of a passer. But here he really had really good passing stats that surprised a lot of people from the outside. Malik, I feel like Malik Cunningham was more of that. I mean, yeah, he passed the ball plenty, but I feel like he was better at running the ball as a quarterback than he was passing it downfield, getting big chunk plays. But you get these guys that can run at any time, but they're even better at passing the ball, and that's that's just dangerous, man. Like that, that gets you into the – now, I'm not comparing Deuce to Patrick Mahomes. I'm saying the type of quarterback that, you know, Patrick Mahomes is obviously a pass-first quarterback who can kill you with his legs if needed. And guys like that, Josh Allen's another one, even though he makes some careless decisions sometimes. His decision-making isn't always the best these days. But he has the ability to just sling it, and then he can run it. Well, so, Kyle, I've, I've said it, like, I, and I know people will Aaron laugh. Aaron Rodgers. That, that back people are going to laugh, that's fine. But, like, Zach Wilson, that's what Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson. does. And and that's it's kind of that new age thing that quarterbacks just got to do now that, um, you know, you mentioned Mahomes and uh, and Allen can do. They've kind of reinvented the game a little bit. Um, Aaron Rodgers has always kind of had that ability, but uh, Mahomes, Allen, Wilson – um, they all have that ability to to make off platform stuff, to throw on the run, to extend the play, uh, and they have the arm talent to do it. And I think Deuce has that. Yeah, yeah I, I think it was his father that, uh, that when he DM me Bryce Young. I think it was Bryce Young highlights. I could see that. A and little that's bit. a very good comp, I think, for what Deuce's game reminds me of. Deuce is bigger than Bryce, though. But yeah, uh, he's, yeah, yeah, he's but, much much bigger than Bryce, and he's from a from a height standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that is that is very much true. Let me make sure that's who it was. Uh, Patterns. Okay, yeah, I don't know. I'm not gonna go all the way back to that, but I think it was Bryce Young. But it, nonetheless, that is a, that is a good comp. So if you're looking for a comp, 
that's been in college that most people know. Go check out some Bryce Young highlights, and then go look at Deuces Huddle highlights, and, and yeah. I think you'll you'll start to see. Maybe you won't, and that's fine. But that's what I see. So yeah. that being said, I'm I'm really curious about some of these other guys. Like I said, Tavion Galloway, he's 2024. 20, Apparently, we've got some other 2024 20, guys I didn't know about that are visiting. According to Patrick, yeah. I didn't I didn't see that. So yeah. no no big time guys. I I will say Tavion Galloway, man. That that profile picture of his on two four seven, he looks like a mean mofo, dude. And, and I like that in a, a tight end. I mean, he looks like he's going to go out there. Maybe it's the odd paint or dirt or whatever that is there, but he looks like he's going to go out there and murder some people. Try to zoom in on that tie. It's kind of small. I can't. I just want to see he, his picture now. I'm not curious. So that's he, obviously he, that's that's he, probably what recruiting guys base their rankings off of they're like let me look at the picture that they put on there oh yeah. that picture look he looks soft two stars that guy yeah. looks pretty badass he's gonna get five star ranking yeah he looks he, he looks look like he's good. built well yeah i think he no. i think he earns an extra star just based on his uh his and like you said i, I like some highlights he, he can high point the ball and and he's tall it's got a he's got like you said big wingspan so can block some. He he's an impact tight end for sure. Gives me um, gives me Hickatini vibes, but maybe I'm just thinking of Louisville guys a little yeah. too much. That's always possible. In there. You know what I like, and yeah. and I've mentioned this in previous podcasts when it comes to recruiting is, you know, like sad. You know, Bobby like Bobby Petrino, for example, loved to go to Florida, and like he, you know, we recruited Florida a lot, and Charlie Strong recruited Florida. You know, sat kind of. He he hit the you know the South the Carolinas. He went out west. You know that last class in the California. But Jeff has always been a guy that recruits the Midwest. He's recruited Ohio really well. And then where is Tavian Galloway from? Pickerington, Ohio. So getting into Ohio is is big in my opinion. Um, Terry and Grant. We've talked about him a little bit. Six three corner. Uh, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Tennessee is another state that produces some players from time to time. And I love six three corners. You guys know I'm a Jets fan. Sauce Gardner, six three. I love big yeah. long corners that have long wingspans. That seems um, to be a theme under Jeff Brom. These big yes. corners. He's been yes. ever since he's gotten here. He's gotten these kind of guys. MGK, uh, no. kid out of Georgia. His name's escaping me right now. Robinson, hmm. is it? Uh, Washington. Uh, Washington. Marcus right. Washington, maybe. Marcus Washington. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Marcus the third Washington. or something. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's a big. Yeah. Guy. He's a tall guy. Another big 2025 guy we have coming in is Mark Martell's Carter Jr., which is the number one prospect in Kentucky. He goes to uh, Paducah Tillman, safety. He's ranked top 250 in the nation. Um, so it's always hard for us to go out in the state and, and pull some guys. I feel like with, with Kentucky, you know, fans all 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 up throughout the state but you know with with brom here i think that's going to change we got a guy martell's, out of radcliffe this did you year, say please. martell's carter jr his name yeah yep i um, think i got him right here yeah and i haven't watched highlights of him but i've i've read some stuff about him um and paducah's team some people think paducah might be the best team in the state this year and and he sounds like he's performed extremely well for them this year and you look at that offer list so those are 
Dion's on there, and then you've yeah. got kind of the the who's who of of uh, the southeast in in recruiting. So um, he we could be a good guy. We were able to get Sean Boykins out of Radcliffe this year, so it mm-hmm. sounds like he's making some he's making some dents in the state. Now, you, UK fans claim they really weren't that interested. Now, now who's who's surprised by that? I'm uh, not yeah. shocked at all. I don't no. think I've ever heard of them admit, man, we really wanted that guy. Yeah, they could no. they could lose out on the number one recruit in the country, and it would be that they if it was they, us, they, it would they, be didn't, they didn't need him. They didn't need him. We it, wasn't that, it wasn't that good anyway. Yeah, it sucked. Yeah. So yeah, no, some big time players. We've got some other twenty twenty four guys. Some of the, none of them seem like big time guys, but we've got a Wisconsin commit coming that we've offered uh, named Jay Harper, cornerback out of Alabama, um, and then an Arkansas State commit um, named Joshua Stone. Safety, and then a, a wide receiver out of Georgia named John Sinaeus. Those are those are the 2024 uncommitted guys that we've offered that are are coming here, along with Galloway. So, um, yeah, yeah. Now, big recruiting week and a ton of 2025 guys. That seems to be where um, Rom and company are, are starting to really focus on. I'm guessing high school wise with the 2024 class. They'll take some top guys if they if they get them. But other than that, they're going to leave spots open for the mm-hmm. portal to do some damage. So yeah, I've, I've mentioned that before. You're right, Pat. They're going to pick and choose guys that they like. Um, you know, guys that have certain traits that they want in positions they look for, and then the rest is going to be for the portal. So and that's just how it is now. Macro's got a defensive tackle Armando Blount or Blunt maybe Blount. Miami Central, he's an impressive defensive tackle. Coach Brom, I think you need to talk to Macro. Macro got a list of defensive let's tackles, 300-pound defensive tackles. Yeah, I, I'm joking with you, Macro. You're, you are – I totally understand. And that's something at Louisville we have yet to see someone consistently do well. Even Charlie Strong, for all the great defensive players he recruited. And he had he had a couple of really good – Sheldon Rankins, among others. Yeah. He had some good defensive tackles he built up. But I remember one year we lost two four-star defensive tackles on National Signing Day on Charlie Strong. One of them's name was Chandler, and he he went to South Florida. And the other guy ended up – I don't remember his name, but he went to Miami. Was it Puna Ford? Not Puna Ford, but that was another year. Puna Ford went to Texas, obviously, and was a beat. Then went to – played Seahawks for years in the NFL. He was a beast. I forgot about him. But there was a guy whose name escapes me, and he played. He ended up going to Miami. He flipped to Miami. Chandler flipped to USF. And at that moment, I was like, "Are we ever going to be able to recruit four-star defensive tackles and get them here and big three-hundred-pound guys?" Oh, and we man. really never have. Now we've, we've developed some guys, like I said. You can name a bunch of defensive tackles, like Brooks and Dunn is what we used to call them when they were both here. And Sheldon Rankins, obviously, and, and now Akoye. you got Akoye, um, oh, man, he was, I love the movie Akoye, especially being a young guy. And when he like 16, 17 years old, yeah. it was awesome watching the, some of those guys develop into the players they became. But that that would be the ultimate step for us, Macro, is to be able to recruit those you know guys. What? I think on the offensive line, we're starting to get there. I think we're starting to get the kind of guys we need. But defensive tackle, that that's the final – 
that's the final hurdle. Macro's the kind of guy that when he goes and plays uh, college football 14, when he goes to recruiting, he always just filters the defensive linemen. If they're not over 300 pounds, you don't even look at them. And I don't blame you, don't, man. Don't even look at them. <laughs> We need we need to get macro. Yeah, macro, macro. That's not that's not room, a slide. I do it too. So I, you know, if if they're not three hundred and twenty pounds, I don't want them. Yeah, and with a four five forty. Yeah, and a four five forty. You got to <laughs> have those kind of guys on the prospect. line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna start uh, genetically modifying players in the lab on recruiting mm-hmm. visits, and then yeah, uh, when they came in, they only had an offer for. A, holy cross and they were sick 260 pounds <laughs> they love canvas and are 325 pounds or in a 4340 mm-hmm. they're committed now it's too late bro and yep. the nil's the nil deal's done you're not getting them that's what we need to start doing is, 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 <laughs> is, is get performance enhancing drugs on these visits give you some good food where to i call us the food capital uh, midwest so uh yeah NCAA, if you're watching strike that from the tape we don't need that. Uh, we don't strike that one from the tape. But anyway, guys, we uh, we want to get on here tonight. We usually get on on Wednesday nights at nine. So I know, I know that you know Friday night's not always the most easy time for people to make, especially louder in life going on. Ross couldn't make it tonight because he's probably crowd surfing shirtless with his. Mm. He's probably got his gray chest hairs hanging out and people are probably pulling at him as he listens to the food fighters tonight or whoever's playing. But, uh, nonetheless, guys, uh, wish I could make it tomorrow. It's going to be a beautiful game, beautiful weather. I'll be at some, most of the other games. I think the Duke game's the only other game I'm going to miss. Maybe Notre Dame. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get out of that wedding, but, uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, don't tell my wife yet. <laughs> anyway, does it, do you guys have any final, final thoughts, final words? before we play Boston College tomorrow? Pat. BBC, man, I agree with Macro here. I want to see uh, I want to see a complete game tomorrow, man, not not one good half, one bad half. Let's, let's do a complete game against a quality team. Absolutely. Same thing. I echo that sentiment. A complete game on both sides of the ball doesn't mean every play has to be perfect. But I want to see consistently good football. I want to see the second half of Georgia Tech combined with the first half against IU for both halves. And I want to see us. Like I said, I've got us 38 to 24 because I do think Boston College is, is sneaky as far as how good they really are. But I think we can trip up this young quarterback, disguise your defense, put some pressure on them, at, you know, bring some heat sometimes. And create some turnovers. And and they also, you know, let's hope their penalties continue to be a bugaboo that bites them in the ass. So, that being said, guys, we're going to go ahead and get off of here. And I'm going to wish y'all a good weekend and hopefully a better weekend after a Cards win. So, uh, thank you all for joining. Feel free to like and subscribe if you were on tonight and haven't yet. I have a lot of people telling me they have they watch the, the pod a lot and they don't subscribe. Guys, on, guys, hit subscribe, subscribe. button. Seriously. Even subscribe. if you don't subscribe, if you're all on here, it doesn't cost you anything. And enjoy the content. If it doesn't, enjoy it, it doesn't mess with your YouTube. It, it doesn't mess with your YouTube. Hit like and subscribe, guys. Do go it. cards. All right, go cards. Let's go.